What's going on, guys? This is Rob Doster here. I want to let you know about our sponsors, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about them yet, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. I know because all of our 28 podcasts on the field of 68 and the field of 12 use Anchor by Spotify. It has the tools that will allow you to record and edit your pods right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute anywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those places that allow you to listen to podcasts for absolutely free. Anchor sends those pods directly to the feeds. And here's the best part about it. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm if you want to get started on your own podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Beers and Ball live stream. You got to be really careful when you say that because you got to make sure that one of them is plural. And the other one is not plural. Otherwise, it, it gets a little bit weird and people don't really understand what we're doing over here. Exactly. Uh, my name is Rob Doster, of course. That gentleman you see over there uh, on the other side of the screen is the one and only Deshaun Butler, former West Virginia All-American, current Doster and Deshaun co-host. I think that this is probably uh, – you're, you're probably better known for this than you are for being a, an All-American at West Virginia, I would have to say, right? I mean, especially <laughs> 10 years later. I think this is actually carrying me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the uh, the Beers and Ball live stream. Um, just as evidence right there. Pop it. Deshaun. Yes. I'm going to let you do the honors on, on what you're drinking this week first. What do you got? What do you got for me? All right, so I was actually gifted uh, about, you know, you go to Kroger or whatever the case may be, or a, uh, yeah. a supermarket wherever you guys live, and, you know, they have the uh, six-packs you can create. Well, a couple of my family uh, – my wife's family members decided to, for my birthday, to get me uh, an array of different kinds of beers because they were tired of me showing off my overseas beer. So most of the beer I have here today is American beer. So what do you got? Yeah, so I have a Lightning Kugel. Um, yeah, this is my first time actually, so I'm excited. This is uh, this is uh, very different to say. Which, which beer? Lightning Kugel is a brewery. What, which what beer is it? Say it again. What what's the beer name? Uh, Line and Kugel original beer. Oh, so it's just the regular one. All right, yeah, just see, just, it's there, good. It's there. Was good. Nice little, uh, nice. I think that's Wisconsin, right? That's what I'm I pretty sure. So. That's, what I, that's what I looked up right now. So, I, I've been teasing this all day, man. I've been I've been letting people know it's hop slam season. Hop you know slam. about hop slam? You know, I have about no hop idea. Slam? I know nothing. So, please, Bell's is a brewery from Comstock, Michigan, which like. People in Michigan swear by is like the thing that if you're from Michigan, you go to school in Michigan. Uh, it's what everybody around there drinks, right? It's, it's like the Michigan beer. Um, and every uh, you know winter, like late December, January, they release Hop Slam, which is their it's a double IPA. What I was drinking last week, a nice dip yeah. up, uh, but you can only get it like one month out of the year, and it's very difficult to get if you live outside of the state of Michigan. Now they've loosened that up a little bit, uh, and it's a little bit easier for me to get here in Jersey, but. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's always great when you walk in the beer store and you see the hop slam and there's nothing better. The best part about winter, the best part about the heart of college basketball season, hop slam season, baby. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So okay, we got a lot to talk about today. Yes, we do. Um, I do want to do a little bit of a breakdown of Sharif Cooper with you because uh, I think he's a, he's a intriguing prospect and there are some differing opinions. And I know that you and I sometimes – look at players with a different eye. So I want to, I want to bounce some ideas off of you there. I do want to talk a little bit about Baylor versus Gonzaga because Jeff Goodman today tried to tell me that 
um, that 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 Baylor is like flat out better than Gonzaga right now, and 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 I think we need to have a a little bit more of a conversation about that. So we'll get there. Okay. We're also going to do a player draft. It's similar yeah, to like an all American type deal. Uh, we have a couple of rules in place that'll make it a little bit more interesting and a little bit more fun. But then we're going to put it out there. We're going to let people decide who is the better college basketball, I guess, program builder, college basketball GM, something or other. Who's who's better, right? Basically, who's smart is what it's going to come down to. Yeah. Um, so we'll do that. But first, I'm going to let you have the floor because your West Virginia Mountaineers won the game of the season so far, 88-87, uh, a game that, you know what, that game deserved overtime. We, we deserved five more minutes of that game. It was good enough. But it was uh, Deuce McBride against Mac McClung. It was West Virginia against Texas Tech. Your boys erased a 12-point deficit after blowing the 12-point lead, came back, and they won. Talk your shit, Deshaun. This is what I've been telling y'all for months. I'm just joking. Now, listen, um, <laughs> my my guys, uh, they came out strong. Uh, they did, uh, I would say this, Deuce McBride did an amazing job on Mac McClung in the, the first, I would say, 14 minutes of the game. He picked up some fouls. Uh, him and Derek Cover picked up uh, fouls. They both were in foul trouble. And uh, Mac McClung got a little bit going before halftime, and then he carried over into the second half. And Mac McClung was amazing. So you got to give Mac McClung his, his uh, flowers. He was uh, he played amazing. I think he finished with thirty that game. Yeah, right? he, had 30. he had a thirty piece. Um, she's uh, TJ Shannon played well in the first half. Um, it was uh, Texas Tech looked really good. Uh, I mean, they're a ranked team and they they played very well. And it's almost I looked at them as a mirror match, like I told you before. It's uh, you know, they they make they make games ugly. <laughs> like we have a habit of making ugly games sometimes as well. Even when we play good teams, we play bad teams. We have a habit of making ugly games, and you know, it was a it was a fight. Uh, we got up by ten, uh, even twelve, and then they came back and took over in the second half. But uh, none of that mattered when my guy Deuce McBride, the Deuce Show, came rolling through and. Uh, Made the made the biggest made the biggest shot of the game, man. He ended up winning the game for uh, W, which is very. I was just shocked that Hugs let him go ahead the way he did because I've never seen that before. <laughs> hey, look, I'll tell you this one, man. I remember the first time that we did a podcast together, the very first one that we did. Yeah. Do you remember what I what I told you about West Virginia? Yep, just throw the ball. It's the same thing I hear from uh, the rest of you uh, smart guys. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I, like last year, last year, last year I was not wrong, right? Last no, year, no, no, you weren't wrong. that's kind of what they did. And this year, that, that's not who they are at all. They got shooters everywhere. They're spacing the floor. They're playing four around one. They're like they're not guarding anybody. Like all of a sudden. West Virginia games are a lot of fun because they can't get stopped, and all they do is they shoot threes. And they, they what were they twelve for nineteen the other night? Uh, yeah, I'm good for man. This is my kind of basketball. You don't have to play defense. <laughs> I can just chuck up threes. Let let go. Give me a jersey hugs. Come this argument this argument won't hold you later on in the show. No, <laughs> nah, but I agree with you, bro. Like this is like it's a, it's a ton of fun to watch. It's also like. You get to see like your uh, you get to see the emotions of the Mountaineer fans, the the ups and downs of the game, and just see people sway. Go, oh, here we go again. So, oh, now we're watching the game closely and watching uh, the team do well. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun, and I'm glad the uh, guys had the chance to experience games like that because it just made me. It reminded me of like all the games that I got a chance to play when I played for West Virginia, and me and my teammates got a chance to play in those close games. I mean, because we had a ton of them. We didn't, we didn't win many games by blowout, so we had so many close games and nail biters. So just seeing those guys go out there and win a game like that was, was a lot of fun to watch, man. So shout out to the Mountaineers. 
So here, here's my question for you. And we talked about this a little bit on Monday night on uh, on Locker Room. If you guys don't have the Locker Room app, make sure you go and, and, and download the Locker Room app because we're yes. doing a lot of stuff there. And it's, it's like a fun place to hang out after games. And, you know, we'll have all, all of our hosts and our influencers and um, all those guys hanging out there after games. But um, one, of the, one of the things we talked about was like what West Virginia does from here, right? Like what does their ceiling end up being? Can they be as good as like, the level of expectation for a top 10 to 12 team um, if they're not going to be able to defend. So like, uh, like where do you, where do you see them improving? Like, can you, cause look, you're not going to shoot 12 for 19 from three every single night, right? Like, that's just not going to happen. So you got to be you able to play. Better. You can't, you can't have those straight line drives every single night. So no, um, do you think like, is this something that, but how, how should I phrase this? Like, they have to get better defensively, right? And yeah, do you, right. that's something that you see. Like, you know this team. You know these guys. You work out with them. You play pickup with them. Like, is that is that something that's coming? I feel like that's something that's going to come along with them. Once again, this is the team. Most of the guys played last year. Yeah, don't listen By to the way, did, did I you said, got it. Got it. You can read them if you want to. Go ahead. If you want to. Uh, Joel said, don't let Day say he surprised Hugs. Let one of his guys get the game-winning shot in an ISO. Apparently, you weren't uh, very good at running plays, huh? I was amazing at running plays, actually. Yeah, when the plays, hey, I got this one. What's the point of a play? Get the bucket. Done. Done deal. I did my part. But Hey, hey, Joel, thanks for keeping them in line. I'm having trouble over here doing that. Boss. But, uh, no, I feel like this team – all right, how can I put it? This team, uh, most of them were sophomores last year. Um, these guys, the majority of the group is juniors, and the majority of this group uh, is getting a lot more minutes to share. They're, they're learning what they can do within the system. We got a ton of Juco guys, in, and we got some new new freshmen in who are trying to get some minutes as well. Like a lot of this, uh, what's going on is still new to a lot of these players. Like, mm-hmm. and also holding that level consistently is new. So it, it's going to take some time. I feel like during the season, they, they show uh, like, you know, small hints of consistency. But I feel like the consistency will rise as the season goes along. Is hopefully, you know, God forbid, nothing crazy happens like a shutdown, knocking on wood. Hopefully that doesn't go down. But you know, just as the season progresses, I feel like their chemistry will get better offensively and defensively. The spread, the four out one end is. I kind of feel like we we were going to that, but we had to play Oscar and we had to play Derek together. I mean, we couldn't just like bench one for the other. It, obviously, because it just wouldn't have worked out with people. So, you know, at, at this point, I feel like it's going to take some time for that four out one into, you know, sync. And once it does, hopefully it's at the round, around the right time, like tournament time, big 12 tournament, NCAA tournament, that'd be big for them. I think the chemistry and everything will work its way out. I mean, work its way together, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you can also say that like part of, part of some of those defensive struggles probably had to do with the fact that they like, when did they get back from their shutdown? Like the, Three days before the Kansas State game, something like Not that. Even. It was like a, it was like maybe a day and a half, two days. I was, I was saying. Like, yeah, and like Kansas State is horrible. Like they, they're, yeah, they're not, they're not very good. I'll, I'll say it so you don't have to say it. Kansas State is horrible. Yeah, I don't want to kill them. I don't want to kill them. Out, like the, the, the best, the, the luckiest that that West Virginia has. Well, maybe the luckiest is the wrong word, but the most fortuitous uh, schedule break I feel like West Virginia's ever gotten has been the first game back from the shutdown. You get Kansas State. State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you might as well. All right, yeah, okay, we got that, that one out of the way. And I kind of looked at that game like, all right, well, this team isn't as good as they're supposed to be, and we came out of a shutdown. I was looking at the Texas Tech game as more of like the game to kind of like 
get us going more or less, like knock the dust off of uh, our our cardio, our chemistry, things of that nature. Because, I mean, this is – we've just recently – I would say what? The Kansas State game, we just started uh, – we had a new starting lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. We start, We implemented two or three new guys into the starting lineup. So we have guys that weren't playing as much, now playing tons of minutes, and it takes time to get adjusted to. And it takes like, – I mean, it just – it is what it is. It's, it's going to take a little bit for these guys to go out there and, you know, uh, gel. Yeah, so I'm with you. I, I I like their ceiling now. They're a lot more fun to watch. They're a lot more interesting. I, I would say that they're more dangerous because there's like we we know what they can be when they play their best, right? Like they can shoot the way they shot last night, and they're only going to get better defensively. So yeah, um, they, they became a much more interesting team to me uh, now that they're they're playing this way. And and to be frank, like we talked about this on on Monday night too. Yeah, uh, it makes sense now. Like why things weren't going as well with with Big Sheep. You know, yeah. they're, they're, when you're going to play four round one, there's only room for one big guy on the floor. And if Derek Culver's a better fit at the five, which, you know, in this kind of offense, if you're going to lean into trying to score like, I don't know, you're trying to score like 90 points every night and space the floor and win with your offense instead of winning with your defense, you kind of yeah. need Culver out there. So Fast. I get it. I get it. So, you know, I, hopefully that will erase any hard feelings that people have uh, if they still linger. All right. Let's talk about Sharif Cooper. Um, this kid is averaging 22 points. And nine assists a game. Wow, uh, he is uh, like putting up putting up numbers and having performances that put people like it gets him in the same conversation as like a Trey Young and a John Morant when it comes to the just the raw numbers that he's putting up. Yeah, uh, i I don't think that he is anywhere near that same conversation when it comes to the level of prospect that he is. Right? Because I, I I I think. At his size, if you're like, if you don't have, he, he's a he's a great passer. Like he could probably yeah. walk in the NBA right now and be like one of the top fifteen passers in the NBA. But you know, John Morant, you could say the same thing about him. He's a freak athlete, right? Trey Young, you could say the same thing about him. He can shoot it out to like forty feet, no problem, no questions yeah. asked. So, without having that other elite skill, I just kind of wonder like where where does Sharif kind of fit in and how does he work on an NBA roster? And, and, and so what are your, what are your thoughts? What do you think of him? When I see him, he's, he's not an elite athlete when it comes to like jumping like a John Morant, but his athleticism, as far as like quickness and speed change of direction, that's NBA mm-hmm. elite. Um, because of that, I mean, he is an elite athlete to me. You know, he doesn't elite athlete doesn't always have to be just jumping out of the gym. His speed causes issues. I what who are they playing? Um uh, uh I think they were playing Alabama. Um, and it was just hard for them to like stay in front of him knowing he can't shoot. Like they were giving him space. And that's obviously like that's one of the things all even if you're not a great shooter, anybody's looking for space, especially mm-hmm. guys that can't shoot. Cause I mean, you're gonna give me a space, I'm just gonna go downhill and then I can do it out what I please. So his 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 uh athleticism's elite, great passer. Obviously, shooting needs tremendous work, but I mean that doesn't really deter any NBA teams. There's plenty of guys that go in not as non-shooters, and that you know that doesn't really hold them up. So I can't see a difference with him. I mean, when I see like Lonzo is like a show, like I think Alonzo Ball and his passing skills, and obviously being six, seven, six, eight helps, but I look at his passing skills and it's just like more showman where as opposed to this guy is like he can see and get the pass there on the dime to the point where it's 
I mean, his eight assists, nine assists a game, like he's basically just like handing guys layups from three-point line, handing guys layups and, and alley-oop dunks, and he's creating double teams that like people are coming to him, and he's creating a double team so he can find people. And I feel like in the NBA, like that's – if you can get somebody to double you or have somebody step up and you can get your teammates open and get these professionals who are great to score, I mean, that's all you really want. <laughs> and I feel like he does that in, in a smaller setting, a bigger court that make it very difficult for him. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, the the spacing in the NBA is going to be unbelievable to watch him play. And real quick, I want to give a shout out to Jack Greeley because he's a he says he's a Michigan fan. Yeah, um, and he finds it hard to watch Michigan State, but he still watches them because he's watching them <laughs> out of spite. He's watching yeah. them out of spite. I'm telling because you, Michigan State fans are assholes. So he wants to be able to talk his shit. I love that. That's that's a rivalry. Yeah, it's fine. Man is out here watching out of spite, bro. That is <laughs> shout out to Jack. Okay. Shout out to Jack Greeley, man. That's awesome. Um. <laughs> No, you're you're absolutely right in that like the the space in an NBA game and 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 the way the floor is going to be spread like he's it's going to be so much fun to watch him at that level. But the 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 thing that will separate him from just being a good passer to being someone that like so the, the way that I phrase, that I think about it is like this. Like I I absolutely think he's an NBA player, right? I'm not I'm not saying that, but John Morant was the number 2 pick in a draft where people were like, "Well, should we take him over Zion?" And that conversation actually happened, right? Then uh, Trey Young was like traded for Luka Doncic, basically, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And like that should tell you all you need to know about the way that Trey Young was viewed as a prospect. So when you look at those two compared to the way that people are looking at Sharif Cooper, I don't think that he's on that level. Like I think that both like John and Trey are going to end up being like top ten point guards in the NBA for the next decade, probably, right? Possibly. I think I think Sharif, barring. Um, barring another elite skill is going to like, he's going to be good, but like, he might just be like a second unit guy. He might be like a starter on maybe a lesser team. Cause like the combination of not really being a defender with not really being a shooter, it just kind of limits what you can, what you can be and what you can provide and, and, um, and how you impact winning. And I know I'm saying all of that while like, (laughs) <laughs> when he was the Missouri game was a perfect encapsulation of like what he provides to Auburn. Cause when he was out there, they were up by like 15 in the first half. Then he picked up three fouls and like, he sat out the end of the first half and he comes back in like four, with four minutes, four minutes into the second half. And like, they're down by eight. So it was like a, it was like a 23 point difference when he yeah. came out with foul trouble, which was just ridiculous. And that should tell you all you need to know about Auburn and like, and his impact on their team. Like, yeah. And it's, it's crazy, man. Like Auburn self-imposed, a postseason ban for this year. They're, they might be like a, the third best team in the SEC. Like they legitimately are a team where it's like, okay, if they got in the tournament with Sharif Cooper, I would be like, okay, that's a team that's a threat to make the final four. And I'm not like, I don't think that's an exaggeration. No, no, no. Because we have a player that good on a team and he's, and I'm not, I'm not going to say he's unguardable, but he causes the problem. He causes mismatch problems. Kind of is like <laughs> it's like almost you can't. When, you, really when you surround him with shooters, with how good he is in ball screens, he puts so much pressure on a defense because you know you like you can't with a lot of guards at the college level. Like you can, you can feel comfortable doubling him or hedging hard or sending two guys with him yeah. because you can have the weak side corner tag the roller because you don't. For the most part, you don't really have to worry about that many fives being able to pick and pop in college, right? Yeah. Some of them you do, but most of them, like, if you're going to settle with a center shooting a 17-footer, you're probably okay with yeah. that. For yeah, exactly. part, right? So you can, tag, you can tag <laughs> up the weak side of the floor and and make sure that for, for people that don't 
tagging the roller means you have somebody over there helping um, on the roller to make sure that guy doesn't get a wide open dunk at the rim, right? Yeah. So you have someone tagging a roller, and you can leave the weak side corner open because there's there's probably like I don't know, like maybe like twenty or thirty guards in the NBA that when they're double team can off a live dribble with one hand, whip a pass to the yeah. opposite corner. Sharif Cooper can do it right handed and left handed. Yeah, he's <laughs> it's ridiculous what he can do. <laughs> so like he comes off those screens, you can't send two to him because he's going to find the open guy. You can't leave him by himself because once he gets uh, like his man on his hip, then you're fucking done because he's just going to be able to get to the rim and either finish himself or dump it off to someone for a dunk. Like it's just he is so good in ball screens. I just worry about. I guess I guess this is the way that I, that I phrase it. I know how you can use him in ball screens in the NBA, right? And, and I think that would work. I don't know how he does all of the other stuff that you have to do to be a point guard in the NBA. Does that make sense? I get it, but I'm curious, like, what what uh, what are some of those things that you're uh, referring to as far as, like, in the NBA? Because I feel like the, him in the ball the screen, defense, yes, the, like the, his defense. Yeah, I, that's my question about it. It, yeah. it might – and, look, to be fair, it might be the kind of a thing where it's like he knows – what he's going to have to do to carry this team offensively. And he's been kind of told by Bruce to be like, look, just, you know, if you don't risk a foul, like don't it's really Anthony, work. Your, like, don't the, work Anthony, the, the Anthony Edwards. Uh, yeah, that, that kind of thing. So, like, <laughs> it might be that. I don't think so. Like the difference between Anthony Edwards and Sharif Cooper is like Anthony Edwards is, has every physical tool that you could possibly want out of an off guard, like exactly. long arms, strong, athletic as hell. Right, him, it was just like an effort thing. Like with, with Sharif, like Sharif's list, listed at six one, but I think like if you if you if you cut his hair, like if you gave him a fade, like he'd be like five ten. Right? Like, I, I saw Isaiah Thomas size when I first saw him, like, and I was looking yeah. at the television. I was like, yeah, he's really small. Yeah, so like I'm worried about that. The jump shot, like he he's got to fix that. Like he's got this weird like a lean back thing. Yeah, it, it's like what. It's a shot where you got a guy that doesn't have a great vertical that is used to playing against players that are taller than him. So he's leaning back so he can try to get a little extra extra space. Yeah, and like he's got to fix that. Like there, it the the whole thing with the jumper. Like he's got the touch. He's shooting eighty four percent from the free throw line. Like he's got the whole the floater package, the layup pad. Like you know he can make shots, but you gotta you gotta fix that three. So it's the defense and it's the three point shooting that I'm like, well, okay, we. We, we, I got to see more before I completely yeah. – but, like, I mean, if you get him, I I would probably take him somewhere, like, near the back end of the lottery but the, to, like, the, like early 20s is where I'd who, put a range for him. Who needs a point guard immediately? <laughs> like, who needs a point guard immediately? Because I feel at this point, like, if you your team is in dire need of a point guard and you're just not happy with the production your team is getting, like, there's no reason that they don't – I don't really see – I mean, if I compare him, like, we're talking like Io DeSumo, Demetri Trice, Jared Buck. Like, these guys are good. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, they don't have the vision he has. Like, they're good in their own right. Like, they, they all can do things infinitely better than he can. Shooting is one of them. And defending is another one of those things as well. But Yeah, for sure. They, but he, the way he does his, uh, as far as passing, being a point guard, just like running and leading the team and running work, that some of these older guys could learn a thing or two from him. Yeah, he's so smart, man. Like yeah. his, his basketball, like he was off the charts. Exactly. And I guess like he played, 
um, high, I think it was high school basketball with Isaac Okoro, which is like that's that, hey. Look, I know they got, I know they got, I know they got good high school hoops in the state of Georgia, but I got a feeling that uh, that a high school team that had Sharif Cooper and Isaac Core on it was they, they probably won a lot of games. They just a winner, just a smidge, just a smidge more than the They probably won a lot of games, man. So, um, yeah, like I said, I I love him as a point guard. I think he's a great, great, great college point guard. I just have some questions uh, about what his ceiling is as a pro, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I, I don't. He's going to get compared to Trey Young, and he's going to get compared to John Morant, and he's going to get compared. I feel to like that's guys. a waste because, because of um, the numbers he's putting up, and and I don't. I think that's a little bit unfair to the kid to put that level of expectation on him when there's like some very clear things that I think he needs to work on. But like again, he's gonna he's gonna play a decade in the NBA. I just think it's going to be as more of a probably a second unit point guard if that makes sense. And that's not bad. <laughs> um, so we will, however get a very good sense of what he's going to be on Saturday. You know why, Deshaun? You know what's happening on Saturday? Talk to me. We have Baylor facing off with Auburn in uh, in a matchup where we're going to see Sharif Cooper um, going up against uh, Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler. Um, And we are going to talk about Baylor. We're going to talk about Baylor and Gonzaga. I just want to tell you guys real quick that today's episode is presented by – Front Office Sports, the leading publication covering the business of sports, Deshaun. Here on the Beers and Ball live stream, we mostly discuss the action on the court. But if you want to know more about the multi-billion dollar industry driving college basketball and college football, Front Office Sports is your go-to source. FOS College is a free weekly newsletter that cuts through the noise and brings you originally reported stories on the business behind college athletics with an audience that includes everyone. From Deshaun Butler to Division One athletic directors, Front Office College has you covered with stories behind the March Madness bubble, the latest on name, image, likeness rules, TV and media rights deals, and much, much more. So visit frontofficesports.com for the biggest stories on the business of sports and subscribe to the weekly FOS College newsletter or their daily newsletter covering the entire sports industry by navigating to the newsletters page on that site. It is frontofficesports.com. Shout out to Edgar Walker. That's my guy. He uh, he owns that company. So, Deshaun, Jeff Goodman today on, our, uh, on, on the Best Bets podcast on the Field of 68 Media Network this morning said that he thought that Baylor uh, is now better than Gonzaga. And we knew this was coming because Gonzaga doesn't really play anyone when they get into conference play. And how quickly we forget just how badly they kicked everybody's ass in non-conference play. So where do you stand on Baylor versus Gonzaga versus everybody else? I am so sorry, Rob, that I'm going to have to do this to you. But I feel like Baylor, if they were to go head-to-head, I feel like Baylor would get the better of Gonzaga. Okay. Well, talk, feel- me through it. talk me through it. Well, I just I have to look uh look at the past the past games Gonzaga's past games and teams that gave them a little bit of trouble I look at my Mountaineers gave them a smidge of trouble and that's because I know you guys are gonna say Suggs came out of the game he had the uh, the fake ankle sprain um and uh, he came back but uh, the Mountaineers gave him a little issue um, and the reason I would say what. I will, I would say Luke Garza gave them an issue. And mm-hmm. I say, and I 
Luke Garza is a different story as far as his scoring and so on and so forth. But I kind of feel that the physical presence gives Gonzaga an issue. And if Baylor isn't what physical presence is in college basketball, I don't know. I mean, Baylor is – they, they have a lot of people. They have a lot of bodies. They're, they're I mean, tough. They're and tough they're as hell. Old, and they're strong. And they got and, dudes that look like they should be – like Davion Mitchell should probably be a football player. Mark Vidal should probably be a exactly. football player. Exactly. They got, they got dudes. And honestly, like I – I look at the team's makeup I, and I compare, like I look at the stats I saw them earlier um, and, you know, what? I think Gonzaga was, uh, they rebounded uh, better a little bit. But then I look at the competition they're playing and I kind of feel like, well, Gonzaga has a bigger, a bigger edge, obviously, in their conference. And Baylor has a big edge in their conference as well. But I feel like they're playing a little bit, uh, playing tougher competition. And to think that when Jared Butler is doesn't have the ball and they can just give the ball to Missy Oteague or Davion Mitchell and have someone else run the show and have flat like they got a lot and as deep as Gonzaga is I don't think they're as deep as Baylor and they don't guard as well as Baylor as much yeah. as like, I mean Gonzaga get, yeah and Gonzaga gives up I would say what right around what Bale, maybe even what no Bale, they gave up like eighty four points like almost eighty points a game at one point in time. Baylor's averaging eighty seven. They're shooting better from three. I mean, it's just I, like the eye test alone. I feel like Baylor, if they were to match up, would be get the best of them. I don't. I think Gonzaga would be favored, right? Yeah, I think that Gonzaga would probably be like. Uh, a one to two point favorite if um if they faced off like right I agree now. With you. Right now. I, mean, I think they had, they, harder, they had a harder regular regular uh season a regular like their schedule their uh, non conference schedule is way I would say if way more difficult than Baylor's was. Yeah so I, I think that they would probably be favored. Um I think that when Gonzaga plays their best uh they are probably the better team. Like I think that if you're gonna tell me we're gonna get like the best Jalen Suggs. We're going to get the best Corey Kispert. We're going to get the best Drew Timmy. Uh, we're going to get like Joel Yayi and Andrew Nembhard playing really, really well. Anton Watson is going to come out and be the guy that can like make things happen, get rebounds, keep loose balls alive, be switchable, blah, 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 all that stuff. Like I think that Baylor, uh, that Gonzaga has a higher ceiling. I think that Baylor has a higher floor in the sense that they're probably more likely to win a game if they play like shit. And if they shoot like shit, because they are so good offensively, um, but I, I think that that Gonzaga is is marginally better. But the big for me, it's those two and everybody else. I think it's very clear it's those two and everybody else. And I do think at this point that we can say that like both of them are uh, probably like two of the top eight to ten teams that we've seen at least since I've been doing this since like I've been doing this since like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, right? And I think that these are probably two of the top eight to ten teams that I've seen in that period of time. It's just kind of like I, I just—they're—they're they're both awesome, right? They're a really good team. I'm not going to even. And um, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that Baylor is better, but it's—it's—it's—it's. I don't think that it's—it's it's clear cut either way. I like. I, does that make sense? And if no, they, trust me. It's not. A, it's not a. It's not a clear cut because they. Gonzaga is just. I wouldn't say just because they're a good offensive team like we just talked about, but they're 
defensive dominant. And Gonzaga, I mean, not Gonzaga, I mean Baylor. And Gonzaga is offense dominant. Like, that's just what they are. They can run. They can shoot threes. They, you know, they do everything in between when it comes to the offensive game. And sometimes they can, you know, if they're scoring well enough, they can relax on defense. They don't have to, like, you know, go balls to the wall. But Baylor is always balls to the wall on defense. And if they get hot, they become an issue for teams. So it, it would be like a match kind of made in uh, heaven in a sense to watch that game. Too bad it got. I think the one thing that we can all agree on and everybody listening can agree on is that, is that like we got to get this game to be played. It's got to yes. be. They, somebody, they, could, they, they, they got to. They're already, they've rescheduled uh, our Big 12 game against Baylor. We're playing them like two days after we – or four days after we play them uh, at their place. They can reschedule that game. Yeah, let's let's, let's <laughs> actually. You know what though? I, I if we get that game as a national title game, um, I, I think I'd be fine with that. If that was the, the only time they played, if it was that's the only way I would forgive. That was the only way I would forgive the NCAA is if it was in the finals. Like, because if we don't see them play at all this year, oh, it's going to be such a buzzkill. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, kind of disappointed. Um, yeah, so let's. I, I just kind of want to go like position by position, and then we can move on to the draft, and then we can get out of here. So. Um, let's start at the point. I'm going to say that Jared Butler is the point guard. So would you take uh, – you got you to pick somebody. Would you take Jared Butler or Jalen Suggs? Butler. <laughs> you take Butler? Yeah. Would you take uh, at the two, let's say, um, Davion Mitchell or Joel Ayayi? Hmm. I'd take Davion personally. I was about to say, I was like, Davion does – he does more. Like, I feel yeah. like he does more for their team. He can take over. To, like, that's the beauty of Baylor. They just have two dudes that can be the – they can run the show for their team. So Yeah, I you know, honestly, I would probably take Jalen Suggs uh, over Jared Butler, but that's like, again, that's a coin. Like, you're, yeah. you're two, like, that's two of the five best players in the country, right? Like, yeah, facts, facts. Can't facts. go wrong with either of them. Um, would you take Macy Oteague or – I'm going to go – I'm not going with uh, – Gonzaga starters, by the way, I'm going with their best five. So would you take Macy Oteague or Andrew Nemhard? I'm gonna take Nemhard. Nemhard's tough, bro. Like I like I like his uh <laughs> I like what he brings to their team. Like when when Suggs is out, I mean he's good, but Nemhard becomes like like a main ball handler for them a, a ton of the time. And he gives them uh he gives them somebody else that can make a play. Yeah. The 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 value of Gonzaga so much is like that they can play three point guards at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of them can go out and get a triple double if, if he wants to in Joel Yai. Yeah. Uh, Corey Kispert or Mark Vital? I'm I'm sorry, bro. If if I'm gonna go with the uh, my heart of hearts, I gotta go with Mark Vital. See, like, I would I would take Corey Kispert there. I think Corey Kispert is one of the five best players in America this year. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I just feel when. Push comes to shove in that basketball court. If court, if as long as Higgins isn't reffing the game, I feel like, I'm just joking. I'm just joking, Higgins. But uh, I feel like uh, I feel like Vital is just too physical, and he's going to be guard. And he, he'd guard him, and mm-hmm. he would have to. And it's not like Mark Vital's this offensive uh, wizard either. But he is. I would. I would say that he's stronger than Corey Hitzler, yep. and I feel like he would get on the glass and. Just be able, being able to like physically impose his will on Corey Chris, but I feel like would change a little bit. Yeah, what's that? What would actually be would be really interesting is that yeah. I would bet that Gonzaga would go with that lineup where they had Corey Kispert at the four, and then 
what Mark Few's counter would be is playing Matthew Meyer at the four. Yeah. And um, or maybe even Adam Flagler out there with the other three guards and go four guards with Mark Vital at the five and let Mark Vital try to go up against Drew Timmy, which is like, yeah, you got 17 guards on the floor and all of them are like all Americans. Like, <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, watch, yeah. Drew, so, Drew Timmy, you'd have him above. Would you have any of the Baylor centers anywhere near? Like, I, I think no, no, Drew Timmy's a win. He's a win. He's a win. Yeah. So, um, we're both kind of at like, like Two obvious ones for uh, Gonzaga, two obvious ones for Baylor, and then we're, both of us are flip floppy and wish you watched my one of them. So, like, that tells you all you need to know about how close this matchup is, right? Yeah, man. All right. I, I, um, I wish they play. I wish they would play, man. Yeah, they're, they're going to. All right, let's do this draft and let's get out of here. Um, and hold on, real quick, Jack, to answer your question, uh, I've, I've, I wrote a, I wrote 2,000 words on my newsletter about how Franz Wagner is the best NBA prospect in uh, in the Big Ten about how he does all of the little things that makes teams good and why I think that there would be uh, – NBA teams would be silly to let him slip past like the top 15 of the NBA. I, I love Franz Wagner. How Did I tell you this, Deshaun? Franz Wagner is a freshman, right? Yeah. Hunter, Hunter Dickinson is a sophomore. Or no, I'm sorry. Franz Wagner is a sophomore. sophomore Hunter exactly. Dickinson is a freshman, and Franz Wagner is nine months younger than Hunter Dickinson. That's my favorite stat in college basketball this year. The younger, the better, especially yep. when they get hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. Let's do this draft. Um, do you want first pick or second pick? I'll take second pick. I, I'll let you. I'll let you. Right, get I'm, the I'm we're going. We're going eight. I hope you prepare for this because I prepare. I got a list of like 25 guys that I'm targeting. And yeah, gonna, so here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to do a snake draft. Who's got the first pick again? Is it me or you? I'll, I'll let you have it because you decided how you you recreated this. Yeah. All right. So I got the first pick. We're going to do a snake draft. It's going to be eight players, five starters, three bench, and then we're going to both pick a coach that we want to run our program. Um, and it's, it's college-based, right? Like we're, we're picking a team to play a college basketball season, and we're going to put it out on Twitter. We're going to put it out on Instagram, and we're going to see who is the best uh, college basketball GM, I guess. I don't know, something like that. So uh, the one caveat is – we're both only allowed to take one player from each team. So, like, I can't take Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell, right? And Deshaun can't take Jalen Suggs and Drew Timmy. So you have to be able to pick one player from each team. So it makes the decisions a little harder um, and a little bit more difficult. So uh, with the first pick, made the Ursa, MJ, fade away. Um, Kate Cunningham. That was a smart pick, sir. Um, I... I'm gonna hold on. Let me, I'm gonna write this down because yeah, we, have been, we have been we have been drinking. So yes, uh, yes. I don't want you to forget that. We remember. All right, go ahead. All right. So you have Kid Cunningham. I am going with Luca Garza. Yeah, Luca. Right. Yeah, I, we need some. We need inside presence scoring. All right, you got the next one. It goes one, the two, two, yeah. two, two. All right, cool. My next pick is going to be Zaire Williams. Wow, uh, he's going to be my three. That was uh, I didn't wasn't expecting that one. All right, no worries. Now I got two picks, right? Yeah, she does. All right, my next pick. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, so you got bigs, right? So I don't have to worry about the bigs. So I'm going to go with. I'm going to take Jared Butler cool. right, to block you there. I don't let you get Jared Butler. <laughs> um, 
And I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my guy. I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take Corey Kispert. All right, cool. Thank you. I was about to say I thought you were gonna go for uh my guy. So let, me, uh, let me move some people here. <clears throat> so it's on me. So I have Luca and I have Zaire at the three. I'm going with Sandro. Mamu Kalashvili, I love his game, bro. And I feel like having a big four who can pass, dribble, and just do everything makes uh, our team a little bit uh, more dynamic. And with my next pick, because I have these two bigs down there who can pass and get buckets, I am going to get John Petty Jr. and have him as my starting two. All right, Memo was uh, was someone I was targeting. I didn't think you were going to go after him. That's what happens when you think, Rob. That's what happens when you think. That's frustrating. Hey, um, to see that happen to such a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> the joke's coming out already. If I could, if I was able to draft Jalen Suggs right now, I would just to block you to make sure you did not have any point guards. But I cannot take Suggs because I already got I already got the the homie Corey Kispert. Yeah, um, I'm gonna wait. I w- I would have taken Herb Jones right here if you did not take John Petty. But since you took John Petty, Herb Jones is going to be my last draft pick. So I could, I could wait on that one. <laughs> I got him in a tuck. Got him in a tuck. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with Evan Mobley. Oh, thanks. Evan Mobley played a five for me. Okay. And I'm going to take – I'm going – oh, this is tough. All right, I'm going with James Booknight. Oh, is he is he eligible? Yeah. Is he, is he – I thought he was hurt. I'm sorry. But I, he's, 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 got a, he's, got a, he's got a boo-boo on his elbow. All right, all right cool, 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 cool. He's going to be fine. He'll be there for the, uh, the, the, the game coming up this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll be, he'll be, all right, cool. We're, we're going to get him some cortisone shots. We're going to get HGH, you know, fix those <laughs> tendons, baby. Fix those yeah, tendons. I'll, so you get throwing HDH around. That's terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you pick cake. Hey, man, we got to play. Look, this, this is big. This is big. Varsity Blues over there. Um, we, got, we got a lot on the line here, Deshaun. Look, I can't – if I lose to you in this poll when I put this out there oh. – All right, let me see. So I have John <laughs> – I got John Petty. I got – Zaire at the three. I got Sandra at the four. I look at the five. So I need to round off my point guard position. I need somebody that can just get a bucket and it requires a double team as well. Let's go with. Hmm. You know what? Let's go with Io Dasumo. I like Io yeah. with it with with great guys around him. Io is great. And my next pick is going to be Jay Huff at the center. Jay Huff. Because I need some shot blocking and stretch the floor, man. I mean, Jay Huff can do those things for my team. That's what I need. You love those big guys. Love big guys that can shoot, man. It just makes the game so much easier. All right. So I got got Cade, Jared Butler, Corey Kispert, Evan Mobley, James Booknight, I need to start. I need. I need some. I need some. Some bodies up front. Um, all right. I need. I need one more shooter, and I need. I need some more bodies too. So here's what I'm going to do. 
Um, I'm going to go. I took an L just now. I just saw something. No, go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. I'm sorry. I, I know who you were going to go with, and I'm going to take yeah. him right now. I'm going to go with Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Mm, he was on my list, and I just short, just scrolled by him by accident. Yeah, I know. As soon as you said that, like I knew because you love that dude. So I love him. Go with Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, and so I need, I need one more. Like, give me one more. I got to find one more shooter. All right, who am I going with? Other shooter here. Um. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go with the homie Chris Duarte from yeah. Oregon. And mm. here's here's a stat for you. Um, let me mm. see if I can bring this up real quick. But so this dude, do you know how old he is, by the way? No. He's like 24. Jesus. He'll, he'll be 24 at the NBA draft. So I'm making sure I got some old guys here. I'm going with the – uh, Young. You couldn't just get a regular old guy. You just had to go for the uh, – Did you play against Sam Young? Yeah, <laughs> right on that pump fake. Yeah, every time, and and we watched and we watched it in film the next day, and I got mf'd every time. So it's, it's funny, man. Like, so he was like, he was twenty four when he graduated, right? Something like that. He looked like he was forty four. Oh yeah, guarantee. <laughs> he was, was him and Greg Oden both looked like they were grandfathers when they were seniors in college. When uh, it was time. All right, so uh, Chris Duarte, how about this? Uh, going back. To the 1992-1993 season, Chris Duarte is the only Division One basketball player that has averaged 18 points, four and a half boards, 2.5 steals, two assists, one block, and shot 45 percent from three. That's actually freaking pretty impressive. That dude is a stud. Okay, like even that- at 30, it's impressive. <laughs> right. 30, at 30 years old, that's impressive, bro. I don't care who he is. That's pretty right. damn good, though. All right, you got you got two more picks. All right, so I have my point guard. I have my shooting guard. I have my small forward, power forward, and I have two centers. I got two more picks, correct? Yeah, you, your last two picks. Let me go with, of course, let me go with Deuce McBride and Greg Brown. Shocker. Shocker. You went with Deuce. Shocker. Greg Brown. I mean, we need somebody to make a clutch shot toward the end of the game. I mean, this is what – and not to mention Deuce is uh, – I look at Deuce as a like a combo guard, so him being able to play some two and some three will help my team out tremendously. I mean, some two and some one, excuse me, help my team out uh, a lot, man. So, All right. yeah. Obviously, my last pick was Herb Jones. I teased that already. All right, since I had the first oh, pick – You missed a big one, too. Too late. Who's that? I'm not going to tell you until you're finished. No, I, I took Herb Jones. All right, cool. What about Ron Harper? I was going to take Ron Harper instead of Zaire, but I, I like the uh, I like Zaire. I, as a... I, I thought about him. I thought about him, but I have I have a certain style that I want to play, and we're going to there you have it. after we pick. Like I played this out, man. I thought yeah, I, I saw this thing all the way through. I see what you're doing. Go ahead, talk talk to me. Who's your? Uh... No, you 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 get you get first dibs on on picking the coach. I hope you don't pick mine. I just I just picked the uh, the last two picks. Yeah, but I had the first pick of the draft, and then all I right. took Herb Jones and ended. Oh yeah, that's right. right. You ended it. Yeah. yeah. So, who I have coaching this phenomenal team is Roy Williams. <laughs> you big, I, I knew, I knew. As soon as I wanted, as soon I as you were with Mamu and Jay Huff, I was like, "Yeah, he's going with Roy." I'm going with Roy Williams. I need, I, I want Iowa to run the point. I need that speed in transition, and I need Zaire to run with him. I need John Petty to run the floor and just stop at the three point line. I need. If Luca can get down there at the last second, that's fine. Because then when he gets down at the last second, we're going high-low. And Sandro can get that pass there. And 
Sandra can post up as well. And Luke has been known to pass the ball. So I feel like you have the high low, you have the transition, you got three point shooting between all perimeters. I mean, and you, you got mismatch size too with the guards. Man, you got a really good Roy Williams team. Hey I'm man, playing that up. like I, I knew it, I knew it. So I'm going with the, uh, I'm going with the homie Nate Oates. Oh my! At Alabama, you know why? You know why? It's gonna be a, it's a rain, a rainathon over there. Yeah. <laughs> look at look at who I picked. Everyone can either pass, play on the perimeter, or make threes. I got I got all shooters, all guys that can get out and play in transition. I got multiple point guards. My wings can pass. My bigs can pass. Everybody can shoot. Everybody's athletic. Like I I, I thought this thing out, man. So. It's it's going to be very contrasting styles where everything that Roy Williams wants is going to be in the paint, and everything yeah. Nate Oates wants is going to be from beyond the three point line. So um, that was fun, man. That was fun. I had a blast just picking these groups. I I, yeah. I just knew somehow you were going to try to get Sandro, and I was like, no, he has to be my second pick. <laughs> he, has, he has to be in that second group, bro. I wanted him. I wanted him. I was going to go with him um, in the round after Corey Kisper. I was going to go with Mobley and Sandro. I mean, we'll try to get him. Try to get in there. I thought you were going to let Mobley fall. I was going to pick Mobley after. Oh, after. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was man. so that that second the the second group like I was really torn. Where you wanted? Did you want Butler? I figured you wanted Butler because that's your guy. Butler was on there. He was on my list. I was fighting between Butler and Desumu, just figuring out who would be better for Roy. And then I just thought I was like, you know what. Io is gonna run, and 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 Jared can shoot the ball. He'd be great in a half court scenario, but I won't need uh, I I won't need Io in the half court at that point. Like if he can't get the transition basket or find somebody real quick, we just run our offensive set, get the ball to Luca and then Sandro, and then or a kick out to to Petty man and just knock some jump shots. I mean, you got you got the you you definitely have the perfect like Roy Williams team that you draft. Honestly, though. Like I cannot think of a better point guard in college basketball this year for a Roy Williams system than Io. Yeah, man. Look at what they've had. Guys that are athletic, that love to run, that want to get downhill, that want to get to the rim, they can make a play when they do. Right? Yeah, man. Think and not to mention Zaire. I had him just for just in case I need somebody to get a bucket somewhere off the dribble somewhere. Name in the in the Justin Jackson, Harrison Barnes role. Yeah, exactly. Like and Luca, like Luca playing in a Roy Williams system. Whoo, buddy. Talk about food. He's eating. Dude's, he's eating, bro. He he basically he basically is Tyler Hansbro just with like bushier eyebrows. That's what Luca Garza is. And tremendous touch. His shot looks better. So <laughs> but Tyler was a beast. I don't, know, I don't know if it looks better, but it, it makes me feel better when he shoots it. Yeah, it goes in way more. Like yeah. Tyler, I, like, I don't know if like, I'd say that Lucas shot looks <laughs> looks good. Like he's kind of got that like fling thing going on, where it's like, what are you doing? I, but then he comes out, he's, really, he's like he's like catching his shooting. He's like one twenty nice. to threes off of screens. And it's like <laughs> two seventy. What are you doing, bro? My God, good, man. man, good for him. Yeah, good for him. All right, Deshaun, this was fun, man. Um, the uh, the beers and ball live stream is becoming one of my favorite parts of the week. Um, maybe next time we can uh, we can we can throw some shotguns in there as well. Uh, <laughs> have somebody get iced <laughs> yeah. get, a little, get a little crazy with it. Uh, all right man we will catch you guys again uh on sunday night we're gonna do the monday overreactions podcast so until then see you later see you